Hey y'all, my name is Emily and you're listening to Coming Up Roses. Hi there everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coming Up Roses. So one of my goals with this podcast is to always be completely transparent and honest and open and y'all know I overshare every week on this podcast, but this week I wanted to talk about my decision to move the podcast to a bi-weekly schedule. What's so interesting and funnily timed about all this is my my topic plan had been for over a week. I wanted to talk about saying yes, saying no, kind of weighing opportunities in like a freelance gig economy, which is what I consider myself to be a part of. I do dance with a company. I do have some very stable jobs, but I also do a lot of pickup work, a lot of gigs here and there, especially with dance. And so I really wanted to talk about that and just about knowing when to say no, when you need money and you need opportunities and you need resume building experience, but still balancing that mental health aspect. And of course, in the Lord's hilarious timing in the ways the world works, I had completely overextended myself. I talked about this, I want to say last week or the week before, probably in the life updates. I'm currently working about 30 hours a week at my restaurant job, a little less, sometimes more, depending on if I pick up shifts. I still teach fitness classes. I teach two a week. It was three, now it's down to two. I just started teaching in a dance studio. I haven't started there yet, but I'm trying to add that to my schedule. I'm still getting my Pilates certification, so at least an hour a day is dedicated to studying or practicing or giving myself a class. And to top it all off, I have been doing a ton more dance gigs, which is so exciting. I recently choreographed a piece for two UMKC professors they are guest artisting at, artisting is a hard word to say, I've realized, at a music teacher's conference and had me choreograph a piece for them. I did a solo for a lighting designer friend of mine um, for some really cool footage for both of us. And I am teaching at my alma mater's, which is so crazy to say, my alma mater's, alma mater's dance camp this week. So I've got a lot going on. I'm also moving in less than a month. I am starting a dance intensive next week. I'm hoping to take two to three trips before my dance job starts in August and it is just starting to all feel like a lot. I am honestly feeling, I want to preface my conversation I'm going to be having. This is going to be a two-part episode because it's 11:30 at night after a very long, this is my only day off from work and I was able to spend it doing things I love, but I also had to film really late my solo tonight, so I'm a little, probably just rambling because I'm a little tired, but I did want to preface this conversation by just saying that I feel more in my element and alive and happy every morning than I have in a long time. I loved college. To say, to say it in the, the past tense just hit me right now. 
I loved college. I thrived in college. I thrived grinding a ton and like, you know, no sleep, waking up early, going to class, staying up late for rehearsal, doing the dang thing. Like I learned so much. I had so many amazing opportunities through my dance program and my sorority and everything else. And the last year of my undergrad was just this perfect culmination of all the things I loved about college trips with friends you know doing things in my community recruit like just everything was so amazing even though it was a COVID year I feel like just very sweet to remember the things that are really important to me in college however I was so busy so busy so much time spent away from the home and sometimes doing things I really don't enjoy all that much like homework (laughs) um and so now I'm kind of in this place of like I don't have that like weird little homework I don't have to go to this class that I don't feel is benefiting me um you know I just don't have those like school things that were kind of a bummer I'm able to just like really focus on the things I care about I've been reading a lot more I've been meditating a lot more I've been really digging into my quiet time like just things that I've been desiring for a long time have really kind of come into place my sabbath is better than ever I had to work on a few sabbaths just because I need the money but even then and I only take like a half day of sabbath or I don't really get one at all I still just am like more present because I'm like doing a real sabbath I'm not like still on my phone or like cheating myself like I'm actually doing it so I just want to preface this conversation with I am so totally like in my element but part of with with that I'm still very busy I usually, my new thing is changing in the back of my car. I found out that my windows are tinted. And so if I need to like change a shirt super quickly after work before I go to rehearsal or something, I just have to do it in my car sometimes. Or the quick trip bathroom is my personal favorite because it's probably the cleanest. Um, But I'm just still spending a lot of time away from my house. And recording a podcast, I've done it before, not at home, but it's just really not ideal, like in the car or anything, because when I'm at home, I can go sit in my, of course, my closet, um, or even my room, if it's a quiet day out in the apartment complex, but right now, just, we have lots of noise at the apartment, so I really need to be in my closet, you know, it's summer, there's people all the time, like, and my car is not ideal, I don't like, I mean, I'm not going to do it in a public place, like, I really do need to be home to record this podcast, and I realized at some point that this podcast was never going to become what I wanted it to become if I continued to put out mediocre, short, hazard, haphazard is the word I'm looking for, episodes every week. I'm so very grateful to have an outlet like this where I can talk about things that are very important to me and I feel like I've kind of fallen away from getting other voices and really digging deep into the topics I want to talk about and it's because I feel this obligation to just put an episode out every week 
so I made the decision. I remember I was laying in bed one morning. I was like listening to my podcast with my eyes like half closed and um, kind of meditating. I was like doing like a little guided breathing visualization thing. And in those moments, I really often like hear like the spirit talking to me. A lot of times I always joked, um, especially like when I was younger and I didn't have a relationship with God and I was just like naive. I'd be like, oh, the morning is when I'm like so clear about decisions. Like whatever my brain is thinking about first thing in the morning is probably like how I actually feel. Cause I've been dating this guy and I really didn't like him. And every morning when I woke up, I'd be like, oh, you should bring up with that guy. And like, I definitely should never have dated him. But um, that's just like a funny quirk. But I was laying in bed and it was just so clear to me. It was like, do the podcast every two weeks. You don't have to do it every week. It's not it's not what you want it to be doing it every week. And I, I do, I did, and I still do feel this element of guilt in it not being weekly. And I'm not sure if that's just because so many podcasts are weekly or daily or like run for a month and then take a month off. But it was just so clear to me that if I do it bi-weekly, that gives me time to, you know, really think about a topic, dig deep into it find guests, like plan, actually plan things, plan time to record instead of just hoping I have time at the end of the day or in the middle of the day or in the morning or whatever, because things always come up. I have such a vision for this podcast. I feel like I share my vision a lot and I, I feel like I haven't honored that vision, nor have I honored the work that Emily put into this or the work that I've put into this since kind of taking it over. So my goal is to really just go back to the one week, once a week format once I'm kind of in a better groove and my my input reflects my output, if that makes sense. I don't want to go into that too much because I don't do this for the for the fans. I don't do this for, you know, how many listens we get, but it is a lot of work to, you know, have have it mess up when I try to upload it because I'm just using the free anchor or to not have any new ad um, campaigns to run because I'm such a small podcast. You know, I want this to be something that reaches people and with that, there needs to be more work and more prep and better content and I feel though, as though the bi-weekly format is really going to serve that purpose. So I am sorry that you're going to be missing out on one week, but I'm actually going to probably in my next episode talk about a podcast that I've been loving lately, so feel free to listen to that um, when I don't have a new episode dropping or go back and listen to the bazillions of episodes we have out, it feels like. Um, every time I want to talk about something, I'm like, wait, we already kind of talked about that. How can I make a new angle? Um, which is kind of what I love. Like, I feel like we've really covered a lot of cool topics. So I'm excited to maybe revisit some, have more guests on, you know, just do the dang thing. I'm so, so grateful to all of you for just your patience, especially those of you that listen every single week. You don't know how much I appreciate you. I know some of you are like personal friends, um, and I love you, but I also just appreciate that you're alongside me with this little this little project, this little passion project of mine. So 
this is kind of the end of this part of the episode. I just wanted to explain myself for everyone and kind of take ownership of what I'm what I'm going through with the podcast and also just I guess just own up to why it's been so wackadoodle lately. I feel as though the quality has gone down in the past month or so. Um, and I do take ownership of that. And like I said, I want to be honest with you all. So this is me admitting that I'm not capable of a once a week podcast right now. And I want to spend more time building my craft and making better content so that when I do go back to once a week, which is hopefully soon, um, it will be bigger and better than ever. It doesn't need to be bigger. By bigger, I mean like longer episodes, cooler topics, you know what I mean. But uh, the rest of this episode is going to be all about saying yes and saying no in the lovely gig economy. As I mentioned, I've got all sorts of really cool gigs going on right now and it's been so eye-opening to learn how to balance time management because I'm obviously not doing the best job. So enjoy the second part of this episode that I recorded a while back and I will see you all in two weeks. (laughs) Love y'all. All right, y'all, let's get into it. So as I mentioned in previous episodes, this is kind of my summer of gigs and pickup work and just kind of fitting things in where I can. And I love that because I haven't always had the opportunity to do that while I was in school just because of other commitments. And now that my time is truly my own, I'm kind of able to to play around with that more. And it's been really exciting. So I've done some choreography gigs, some teaching, guest teaching, um, a bit of fitness pop-up work, some things like that. I, of course, have my, you know, steady restaurant job. I teach the same times every week with fitness. I have a company job in August, but it's definitely kind of cool to be able to add a few things. It looks really great on my resume to have, oh yeah, I choreographed this for this lighting designer and we did this project. Or to be like, yeah, I guest taught at this place. But it was also very daunting when I began looking at my summer schedule and I saw all these things where I wasn't sure how I was going to be paid. I wasn't sure where things were going to be located, how it was going to work. It's always daunting to walk into a new environment, but I was less nervous about showing up to my first day of my restaurant job than I was about, for example, showing up to my first day teaching at camp that I'm teaching at this week. So definitely overwhelming in a sense of so much unknown and I'm kind of entering into this part of the economy and this part of the dance world that I hadn't explored yet but also exciting because this was something I wanted to do for a long time and I was finally at liberty to do it so all of those many many things that I have been doing I was mostly concerned about managing it There's nothing worse than, let's say you do freelance marketing. There's nothing worse than you work so hard with one client that you kind of neglect another or one client isn't clear about payment. Like that just was something that has always overwhelmed me when I thought about freelancing and gigging. And even if you have that steady job, that's your main source of income, there's probably some sort of supplement to your career that you're thinking about, like a volunteer opportunity extra classes, teaching on this side at, you know, whatever you're doing, taking on more leadership, like things that add on to your day-to-day hustle 
are always things where there's just more to consider, more unknowns to consider. So my big thing, especially being someone who does all this to pay the bills, was am I going to get paid? How do I ensure I get paid? Luckily, I think Venmo has made this a lot easier because you can just be like, hey, what's the easiest way to pay you? And the person can say, oh, I'll just Venmo you right now. And then you can text them your Venmo or just even have them scan it right there. And you can also request money from them. That's always a little scary because you're like, oh, I'm demanding this money. But I've had um, studio owners say, just request me on Venmo tonight or tomorrow. And that way I know it's there because otherwise I'll just forget to do it. So Venmo has made this a lot easier. Um, I always keep track of everything on my calendar and whatever commitment was there first stays there. So even if something better comes along, even if the guest teaching that I really want to do at that studio I love, sorry, you know, I made a commitment to this other person and I need to follow through with that, but call me again next time. Here's some dates I am available. That's kind of how I manage the calendar side of it is just really being clear on like where that availability is with the people I'm gigging for. I also keep track of, in terms of finances, I keep track of everything on a spreadsheet. So if I choreograph something and they pay me $200, I just put that in. And I put how many hours I roughly put towards the choreography and rehearsals, who I worked with, what their contact is. Usually I just have an email or a text, someone I've been texting. Um, and that that's that. Um how they gave me the money, I sometimes will put on there like, oh yeah, it was on Venmo if you like need a receipt or oh, they mailed you a check, whatever that might look like. So I keep track of all that in a spreadsheet at the start of each fiscal year. (laughs) So that's something lame that I had to start doing. But even if, you know, these are not things that I necessarily, I won't necessarily make enough to have to claim as on my taxes, but it's nice for my own records to be like, hmm, did that teacher ever pay me that $15 for like subbing that class? Oh yes, she did. It's just not showing up in my PayPal for whatever reason. Um, especially as someone who is recently learning to take charge of their finances. It's been really empowering for me to do this. Um, it gives me just some peace of mind knowing like I know where my money's coming in. I know how it's going to come in. I'm always very clear, clear up front as much as I can be about this is what I charge, you know, you can pay me, I Venmo, you can do PayPal, I take checks, like, and that's not, that's so like, you know, I do cash credit check, like, blah, 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 I feel like that's a joke people in the gig world um, use, but it's so true, I'm, I'm just very clear, you know, I charge to design logos, I charge between 50 and $100, whatever, whatever, and that way that gives them negotiation room, because what I found is usually when I give my rate, people are like, oh, I was I was planning on paying you this much. Is that okay? And I'm like, absolutely, that's okay. Because it's usually more. But then you can say, you know, I want to be paid by the end of our project. Or I'll, I will accept payment upon completion of my teaching role um, at this whatever it is. Um, just being very clear about that, keeping track of it on your end, um, utilize Venmo. I think Venmo has some great tools for gig people that have really helped me just keep myself in check and also keep the people, my employers accountable. So I've been very thankful for that. Um, 
And again, just really in terms of the time thing, before I get into the whole like, how do I say no in this like this lifestyle of like gigging and pickup work and extra work with the time is like I was saying, whichever commitment gets on the calendar first gets to say, um, if they cancel, you know, that's, that's a shame, but even if something better comes along, you never want to give yourself a bad reputation because no matter how big you think your industry is, the industry within your city is small. People know each other. People talk, especially artists. Oh my gosh. There's so few, um, in your sphere. You probably feel like you know them all, um, or at least know who they all are. And so something that I was given as wisdom was it doesn't matter if it's teaching at the studio, you know you're not going to have a good time and your dream choreographer offers to work with you that week. Like you have to be clear that you have a commitment already. Can they work around your schedule? Can you set something up in the future? Can, you know, can they let you know when they have other work for you? Something like that. So that it's very hard to do that because as I'm building my resume, as I'm building my, my repertoire, I'm, as I'm, you know, on Instagram more posting and liking and sharing and taking classes, people are asking me to do stuff. And at times I have to say, no, you know, I teach that day. I teach Pilates that day, or I would love to work with you in the future. I typically work at the restaurant that day. Could we set something up, you know, in this, and I can make sure that I don't work that day. So That's been definitely like a learning curve for me because I want to drop everything and say yes to those really important people who I feel like will be good connections, but every connection is valuable and it's not fair to the people who've given me an opportunity to guest teach or to choreograph to just dump them like that. Um, And I've definitely been humbled of that recently when I've been kind of, kind of tight with my schedule with some people when I said I wouldn't be or you know, not responded to them in a timely manner. And it's like, okay, yeah, I don't want that reputation to follow me. I want to be seen as professional and hardworking and warm and easy to work with. So, excuse me, that's just my advice um, in terms of like managing all of it. But what I really want to talk about is how to say no. Someone once said, in terms of dance, there's three ways to get paid. You've got the actual money, you've got time, as in time in the space with the choreographer or the dancers, and you've got experience, whether it's like teaching in a new environment or performing somewhere incredible or learning something new. Like those are the three ways you can get paid in dance. And I've always been very conscious of that because as dancers, we do take on unpaid work. And it's like, you know, what, what can I still get out of this that isn't monetary gain? Which I think is important for a lot of us in our fields. You know, if a volunteer experience is going to pay you in experience or if working on a project for a friend is going to pay you in time spent with that friend and experience doing what you're interested in, like, those are just as valuable as money. And especially in terms of negotiable skills. So... What can be tricky, though, is when you have those three things, you can usually, at least in my experience, I can usually talk myself into any gig or opportunity by being like, well, I would get time in the room with that choreographer, so I should probably take it on. 
And my rule of thumb is, can I give quality time to this experience? Will I be running from work at the restaurant and having to leave early so I can get to Pilates or whatever else it is? Or will I be able to warm up, go to this rehearsal, watch, observe, learn, take it all in, and then go home and leave rehearsal when it's over, be able to talk, you know, those kinds of things. If it's a volunteer experience, will I be able to commit the time needed to this? Will I be able to be present while I'm there? Will I be worrying about, you know, what I'm missing at home or how much laundry I have to do? So I always, and quality time is like not tangible. You can't really put like a price on that or like a, like a number on that, but you can be like, am I going to be rushing around trying to cram this into my schedule and never preparing for this, you know, client I'm taking on? Uh, with my freelance marketing or am I going to be able to give them my all by being prepared having time in my schedule to work with them having time in my schedule to teach this class and prepare curriculum and of course using that that little how am I being paid you know am I gaining something from this is a pretty good indicator of you know can I say no is it okay to say no and no doesn't have to be no I never want to work for you like I never want to design graphics for you ever it's just hey I've got a lot going on right now I don't think I can give you the time that you feel is necessary um feel free to reach out to me again I would love to stay in touch with you um I'm actually finishing up this project in a few weeks I would love to reach out to you again then if we can set up a call I've definitely done that before where I've been like in school even I was like hey this semester I've got way too many rehearsals but next semester if you want me to teach I can do this night this night or this night like do you want to hop on a call about it And sometimes people won't follow through about that. And in that instance, I'm just kind of like, well, you know, kind of just a connection that wasn't wasn't meant to be, obviously, because if it was meant to be, it would have happened. But it's also like, okay, Naya, you know, I was thinking about adding that to my schedule. That's obviously not what's in my plan. So like, what else can I do? You know, how else can I fill this time? And when I was journaling about this topic, really just thinking about it when I was kind of overwhelmed the past few weeks. I I journaled this little thing. I feel like this is, I'm like regurgitating this from something, but I wrote down, sometimes we say yes because it is a good opportunity. Sometimes we say no because it's not the right opportunity. And I think there are times, seasons and times when I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, this is not my dream, you know, my dream teaching gig or my dream Pilates gig or my dream choreography gig, but yes, I'm going to take it on because I've got the time right now. I've got the energy to spend towards it. It's going to help me hone my craft. It's a good experience. And then there's times where I'm so overbooked that if it's not right in the moment, I probably need to say no and let that person know that I'm so thankful they thought of me and I would love to work with them in the future and to contact me in, you know, a month when I'm done with XYZ or to keep me in mind for their next project um and so I I like that I journaled that I don't I didn't remember writing that down when I was reviewing before this I was like oh wow I I was really thinking so that's kind of my two cents on how I manage gigging this is very new to me as well so if you have advice or you have thoughts of your own feel free to dm them to coming up roses podcast on instagram Or you can email us, cominguproses21 at gmail.com. I would love to hear about it because I know that even for those of us 
who have like salaried stable jobs there's still an element of like gigging and taking more on and clients and doing this and this and this and where can I slam this into my schedule and so I find that very interesting about our our society these days but I also think there's not a lot of like conversation happening about how to do it well especially in the arts industry so obviously I don't I'm not perfect (laughs) at it I've definitely had some fumbles even in the past few weeks that's kind of why I was so overwhelmed but I thought it'd be cool to share and just kind of talk about it and seek out advice from you all. So thank you all for listening this week. I am so thankful for you all for being just so gracious and lovely as I've been, you know, kind of transitioning the podcast yet again. I feel like I'm always in a season of transition, but that's kind of, that's kind of the life. It kind of, you know, art mimics life, but Stay tuned for next week's episode. As always, make sure to follow us at Coming Up Roses Podcast on Instagram. Feel free to DM us or you can email us at cominguproses21 at gmail.com. I check it almost every day. And if you ever want a specific topic mentioned or a question answered, feel free to drop those there. We would love to answer it on the show. Thank you all for listening. As always, wherever and whenever you're listening, I hope you're having a great one. Love y'all.